This is Maria from the Sober She Devils, and we're listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio. Today, we look at peer-to-peer recovery in a pandemic facing Zoom bombing. This is Rebellion Dogs Radio, always a 21st century look at addiction and recovery, now with less dogma and more bite. We're getting very 21st century here. This is very 2020. This is episode 52. During the 2020 pandemic, it's April. A panel of peers awaits. Other people who run Zoom meetings and have great uh, experience with uh, online recovery. And the difficulty that some are having with transitioning from face-to-face to online and some of the opportunities this new medium is presenting. Zoom bombing describes intruder raids of Zoom conference sessions. It could be grade school classes, prayer meetings, AA meetings, corporate meetings between social distancing parties, Z-bombers, bust the meeting, talk trash, show porn and morbid images, scream racial slurs, and play mediocre hip-hop at high volume. Call it today's version of crank calling or ring and run or dismiss it as what are social distancing teens in basements to do. Authorities aren't so understanding. You think Zoom bombing is funny? Let's see how funny it is after you get arrested. Matthew Snyder, the U.S. Attorney of the Eastern Michigan District, said in a statement, If you interfere with a teleconference or public meeting in Michigan, you could face federal, state, or local law enforcement knocking on your door. That's from TheVerge.com. Or check out FBI.gov. As large numbers of people turn to video teleconferencing platforms to stay connected in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis, reports of VTC hijacking, also called Zoom bombing, are emerging nationwide. The whole peer-to-peer addiction and mental health community who relied on face-to-face mutual aid groups for mental health community and wellness have been cut off in our stay-at-home-ordered COVID-19 pandemic. If you're a member of Smart Recovery, NA, Women for Sobriety, Dharma Recovery, or any brand of mutual aid, you know what I mean when I say that being cut off with little warning means either doing without in a time of crisis or switching platforms. I'm someone who's embraced Zoom AA meetings. If you're a member of a substance use disorder or process addiction recovery community, you know what I'm talking about. Zoom was ready. The community was desperate. And tens of thousands of meetings have gone from eyeball to eyeball to screen to screen, where community, hope, identity, meaning, and empowerment can be found. It took a pandemic to bring a 20th century fashioned recovery group into 2020 reality. I've been in meetings in Dublin, Los Angeles, Savannah, and Boise this week. I've been back to my home group in Montreal, all while not missing a single local Toronto meeting commitment. I've done all this without leaving the dining room table. I've hosted friends in my own home group online meeting from Australia to Belgium. It's been fun. It's not true for everyone. 
Hometown meetings of 18 regulars become online meetings of 97 visitors. It's not a party for everyone, and there have been some growing pains. It seems like a lifetime ago, but it was a month ago that on episode 51 I was talking with Michelle, author, mother, longtime recovering addict, about her latest novel and her favorite meetings in Manhattan. Two weeks ago, she tweeted that her twin boys were COVID-19 positive. Days later, her test results came in. She was positive too. The boys are recovering, back to video games. Michelle, a generation older, is more severely impacted and dealing with the virus bravely. So we're not going to brick-and-mortar meetings anymore. We're Zooming. With AA and alike, online pranksters and malware hackers who are isolated in basements find uh, AA gatherings ripe for picking, uh, along with the damage they're doing to other community groups. So the rules of engagement with running a Zoom meeting, uh, well, they're changing. If you haven't Zoomed yet, or you're still getting the knack of your mobile device or notebook as a source of recovery, you're one of hundreds of thousands of uh, people in long-term recovery struggling with the same, and those just coming to recovery for the first time. You may be an online native, you may be uh, trying to dial in on your landline or mobile phone. Star 6 to mute or unmute yourself. Star 9 to raise your hand to share in the meeting. In a couple of minutes, uh, you're coming with me to our round table. Courtney S., IT Services Chair for SecularAA.com. Maria, the Sober She-Devils, an online Secular AA meeting that's never had a brick-and-mortar meeting. Angela B., International Secular Conference of AA board member and co-founder of Atheists, Agnostics, and All Others from Boise, Idaho. And Willow F., from Seattle's uh, Many Paths, Atheist and Agnostic-Friendly Wednesday night meeting, now meeting over Zoom, and John S., host of both AA Beyond Belief and My Secular Sobriety Podcast. We share experience, not expertise, uh, about this new regime and uh, online meetings today. In the show notes at Rebellion Dogs Publishing, you'll find downloadable PDFs for best practices for AA groups, Zoom Quick Start Guide, and a New York Intergroup Toolkit for Unwanted Online Meeting Disturbances. So, with no further ado, please settle in for a while. Our Zoom Roundtable is about to begin. It's peer-to-peer Zooming in pandemic times. It's, uh, well, you're in for a long one. If it's more than you can digest in one sitting, uh, we've got nothing but time. Come back to it. When you're done, uh, well, we'll see you online. (laughs) This is John S., and I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, and I am listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio. Hello, everybody. I'm going to get everyone to introduce themselves uh, personally. We'll run through this sort of... uh, sort of five points we're going to be covering in the beginning, and then we'll 
have our little roundtable discussion and go in whatever direction it goes. <laughs> I'm not going to try to completely control it. Sort of peer to peer in a pandemic. Everyone knows uh, me, Josie from Rebellion Dogs Radio. I uh, take it away, team, in no particular order at all. Well, I guess I'll introduce myself. I'm John, and I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. And my home group there is We Agnostics. We just started our online meetings here a few weeks ago. They seem to be going pretty well. And I'm glad to be here. Hi, John. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Willow. Uh, I'm from the uh, Seattle area. And uh, my home group is the Many Paths meeting on Wednesday evenings in Burien, Washington. Uh, and our meeting is normally face-to-face. I actually hadn't done any online AA meetings until uh, about three weeks ago. We decided to take our first one online. Glad to be here. Um, I'm Angela, an alcoholic, <laughs> and uh, my home group is Atheist Agnostics and All Others in Boise, Idaho. And um, we started our uh, Zoom meeting about two weeks ago, and uh, our regular meeting's been going for 12 years. Uh, my name is Courtney. Uh, I'm from West Virginia, not originally. I'm born in San Francisco, so I like to keep bi-coastal there a little bit. I, my home group is the uh, Wednesday evening group uh, on, online meeting at 7 p.m. on Secular AA, and uh, I am the IT services chair for uh, Secular AA. Man, I have 23 years of sobriety. <laughs> and uh, Maria. Hi, my name is Maria. I'm a sober alcoholic. My home group is the Monday night online Sober She Devils meeting on secularaa.org. Today, I have seven years of sobriety. Oh, wow. Right on, Maria. That's awesome. Thanks for spending your uh, anniversary with us, Maria. That's pretty cool. Just for the sake of people listening, uh, the there's sort of five bullet points that uh, we can cover. One is the basics, laptops, tablets, smartphones, landlines. What's better about Zoom fellowship and meetings and what's just not the same as uh, face-to-face? Uh, growing pains for meetings, and I'm sure we've all got stories to uh, share there. Uh, and post-pandemic, will uh, Zoom remain a game changer for mutual aid groups? Uh, number two, we got to talk about Zoom bombing, the internet trolls and the present-day pranksters and how to avoid that. There's a neat Verge article that I'll probably just include in the notes with the meeting. And uh, Zoom has recently reacted to this with some new security measures. And uh, I still don't have a handle on that. So I'm really looking forward to some feedback from people who've already been utilizing things like waiting rooms and password protection and so on and so forth. Number three is old habits and new opportunities. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of the Zoom meetings follow exactly with their brick and mortar routine of meeting at the same time and having the same format that adds uh, continuity, I suppose. But is there some thinking out of the box we can do and we'll look at some new innovations? Um, number four is uh, the meeting itself, its purpose and meaning. What about the newcomer? What about, I'm sure all of us have uh, 
tech phobes in our home groups that are having a hard time embracing this new technology and it's just not the same for them. What about outreach to the community? Uh, we're certainly not going into hospitals and institutions right now. Uh, business meetings in Zoom, what about the service structure? Other gatherings, roundups, conferences, workshops, retreats. There's some Zoom opportunities there. And then we'll hopefully get into some specifics about these new Zoom. I don't know if they're new or just more promoted uh, security measures of passwords, waiting rooms, lock meetings, and, and host controls, whether you should let people gather before the host is there and hang out after, and other stuff. So uh, that's the agenda. Is there anything else we should be talking about? Maybe some sobriety or something. <laughs> <laughs> Still a popular subject. What are you finding with people new to this in terms of, like, I've never used a tablet. I've used my desktop and I've used my smartphone. I can't imagine hosting a meeting from a smartphone. It, can everyone just sort of go through their, their favorite uh, medium and then some of their experience or other member experiences with, with the medium they use to join the meeting. Let's start with uh, uh, Angela. I use uh, Chromebooks, so I've, I've never uh, logged in on a phone, so I'm not sure you know, what that experience is for people, and I, I haven't called in. Um, I, I barely use the phone app to talk to my family. So I use Chromebooks, and I have a, a couple of them, and they seem to work really well. Yeah, have no problems uh, with them from here. John? Well, I use a laptop with a um, docking station on a monitor is how I usually uh, do the Zoom meetings. But a lot of people from our group, it looks like the majority of them are using cell phones, which seem to work really well. I'm finding that the audio quality is really good on those cell phones, too. So that seems to be a popular way for a lot of people in our group to access. Uh, Courtney? Well, I would agree with uh, John that a cell phone is an excellent way to do it. Uh, our John C., who runs the Paris meetings, does most of his hosting and everything through the phone, and he's in airports and everywhere else, and he wow. hosts the meeting with, with a, an iPhone. There are separate Zoom features available for iPhone and Android, so that's an excellent medium. And the, the second, uh, I use uh, three devices here in the house when I'm running meetings. I use a desktop, and I use a laptop, and I use an iPhone. They're all running simultaneously using bandwidth. But uh, the landlines seem to do fairly well as, as well. Uh, we have not had a real problem talking to people that are calling in. So I haven't really found anything that's really bad. It's mainly a, a matter of the quality of the Wi-Fi in the, in the device. If you have a good Wi-Fi connection, if the device handles Wi-Fi well, then all of those things will work. I do have one suggestion, and that is when you are using our meetings that you use the minimum number of devices and cut, place your device as close to the router as possible and turn off everything else in your house that's using Wi-Fi bandwidth. So if, if it's possible, you know, mm -hmm. so use only one device. And the reason for that is that we have a limited bandwidth being provided to us now from Zoom. And Zoom has also cut down on high-density uh, HDR-type stuff, 4K resolution. 
And so as administrators, we have limited all of our secular AA meetings to low bandwidth video. And uh, it seems to be working just fine. Uh, most people have a difficulty telling the difference, but Zoom does, knows the difference. And so reducing bandwidth is the m main consideration. Thanks. Uh, Maria, what are they doing at the She Devils, you know, that you can talk about outside the rooms? <laughs> Um, we seem to get a lot of people uh, calling in on cell phones, and I myself use my cell phone to participate in the Secular Saturday meeting, but, you know, I don't use the phone number. I actually use the Zoom link so that I can see everybody. Um, when I'm at home, uh, I used to use my iPad, but now that we have some... Uh, security measures in place, I find that it's much easier for me to use my desktop. The catch-22 is, is that my desktop couldn't be further away from my router, whereas it doesn't seem to interfere with my ability to mute and unmute people, send people from the breakout, from, from what we're calling the lobby, to make it easier for people to understand. Mm -hmm to send people from the lobby into the breakout room where the actual meeting is, it's not interfering with that at all. I imagine that if I spoke that I would be choppy and that it would be a, a, a not very clear communication, but with the meetings being as big as they are all of a sudden, because people can't go to their regular brick and mortar meetings We've got 100 women consistently, and I've made a decision to take a back seat to sharing so that um, others who might have a, a more urgent need to share can do so. Sharing the time, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in Seattle, Willow? So uh, for me personally, in uh, – I'm pretty comfortable using just general conferencing systems. I'm working from home right now. We have been for three weeks. I work from home one day a week anyway, and we have a lot of distributed folks in, you know, in my office. So we have conference meetings all the time. I'm also have some history as a, um, as a service desk analyst. So I've done tech support for quite a lot of time. So it's all been really comfortable for me to adapt. And as soon as, it became clear that we weren't going to be able to meet directly natural. Let's go ahead and start the Zoom meeting. We didn't have, you know, we don't have an email list of our home group members. Um, we actually, our, our, our meeting is really small. Just the week before we started, I was like, oh, hey, you guys, we might not be able to keep meeting. For those that are mm -hmm. here, let's write down your email addresses and I can let you know what's going on. Um, but there was only about five people at that meeting. It wasn't even all of our regulars. Um, and we don't have all of our contact information. And so that piece was a little bit challenging. I use my laptop generally. I think I'd be as comfortable using any other device. But when I'm, when I'm doing the moderation, like having the separate mouse is really helpful to me. We've got a little, a bit of a mix, I think, with our attendees. And our first meeting was four of the regulars, the four people whose email addresses I had. Our next meeting was about 20 people, and we had some folks from uh, around different areas. Somebody joined us from Toronto, and uh, <laughs> uh, and it was cool to see that many people, but it was also um, 
a bit uncomfortable. You know, we've got a couple of our members are not comfortable with the format, are, are really kind of freaked out that they even have to do meetings this way, mm-hmm. um, but are doing it because they know that they need them. And some of them are so uncomfortable. You know, I, I know some people that have jobs and things like that, where it, bringing online life to their recovery life is something that they've always kept completely separate for some really good reasons. And mm-hmm. it's very challenging to have the idea that they're being asked to put those together in order to be able to be able to attend a meeting, not asked to, but like they need to, like pretty much all of our meetings are shut down. There's a few that were underground. And so um, with one of those folks, I've been helping them. They've been calling in from somebody else's phone, or I gave them some information on how to use a landline and how to use the password with it. And a lot of people think that the meetings can't be attended by a regular phone or that, that, um, that difference between a landline and a tablet and, and a link to a meeting to get the information for it. How can you use that from just a regular phone? Like people that aren't used to it just aren't used to it. And they're under this additional pressure that all of a sudden this thing that we consider a lifeline is being constricted from people who aren't comfortable, you know, um, with meshing their recovery life and their internet life. And uh, so that's been, that's been a little bit of a challenge trying to help folks through that. I couldn't have scripted a better segue into the second segment, which is about, uh, you know, the growing pains of meetings Uh, just to anyone, just sort of share what's been going on with, uh, you know, like, sure, you got members that are early adapters to technology and they were ready to go, and others that are having a hard time with this new reality. Are, are Zoom meetings better or is it just not the same? What's everybody's experience? Well, my group came kicking and screaming into the Zoom meetings. <laughs> they did not want to close down the uh, the face-to-face meetings at all. Um, so we have like um, seven meetings a week. We have two groups and seven meetings a week. And I was doing the Friday night step meeting. And I decided, I can't remember when, but some time ago, I decided I'm going to social distance and I'm not going to chair this meeting anymore. If anyone else wants to, you can. No one else wanted to. So we shut that meeting down. And then the other meetings continued and someone asked me to start online meetings. So our online meetings were continuing for a little while along with the face-to-face meeting. Well, the situation was getting worse and worse and worse. And finally the mayor here declared a stay at home order. And that's when the group decided, okay, we're going to close up our regular meetings. Um, When we started off our online meetings, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but several people didn't want anything to do with them at all. And some of those people are now beginning to trickle in, you know, I guess they're, they're getting lonely or something, but they're starting to trickle in now. And maybe they're, they're realizing that, you know, it's not that bad. So our meetings are beginning to pick up, but it's been, it's been a little bit slow. You know, some meetings are better attended than others, but there are some people too, that I just aren't, aren't going to be able to join because they're just not comfortable with the technology. Um, and I would be glad to help them out, but I haven't, some people have not reached out to me. I guess I should pick up the phone and call them, but that's how it's going here. What about the bigger meetings, like uh, the secular AA uh, meetings that have been going a while, and um, the She Devils, uh, with just the sort of surge in membership? How is that changing the sort of personality of the meeting? Yeah, definitely, it's changed it a lot for the sober She Devils. We're we're at a hundred. 
at pretty much every Sunday morning and every Monday night. And it's changed the flavor of the meeting because even though we had grown to the point where we were seeing consistently about 25 women per meeting, it allowed the majority of the people who wanted to share the opportunity to do so. And now we've got a lot of people coming in. We've got a lot of people coming in from traditional AA because they're finding our meeting on some kind of a list, some kind of a list called FOB, which I had to really think and think and think, what does FOB mean? And I was like, oh yeah, friends of Bill. But I have no idea (laughs) what that list is, where that list came from. But we had somebody join from that list and she was extremely put off by uh, the fact that there was no God, there was no praying. And um, when she carried on and on for what was really way too long about how essential her God is in her recovery and so on and so forth, um, somebody piped up and said, you know, um, you're absolutely welcome here. And I just want you to know that this is a secular meeting. And what that means is that we don't um, really focus on God being instrumental in our recovery and we don't pray. And apparently that woman was really put off by that and contacted. I don't know how she figured out who to contact, but she did pick one of the five core moderators, if you will, of the Sober She-Devils, which is myself, Carol P., Gail G., uh, Bethany D., and uh, Kimberly S. Anyway, she she zeroed in on one of those gals and proceeded to tell her um, what she thought about our meeting and what she thought about how uh, we were, um, and I'm trying to be really polite here, how we were changing things um, from how uh, the tried and true program was delivered to us. And um, so that was something to deal with. And I've also heard from a couple of members that whereas they understand that this is temporary and that things will go back to normal, they are feeling sad about the flavor of the meeting changing. It doesn't feel as intimate Mm -hmm. and, it seems like the majority of the people that are uh, needing to share are people that are new. They're not even um, people that, that we've been familiar with. And that's all fine, but I can't help but notice personally that, yeah, the flavor has definitely changed and it doesn't feel as intimate to me. And I, for one, am on so many levels really looking forward to um, this thing passing and us getting back to a new normal, I suppose, because, you know, we're not going to ever go back to the old normal. So that's what's happening at SSD. A couple questions. Yeah. Not, um, one thing I was curious about, I, I wondered if anybody else um, is using, a, apart from like the initial reading or preamble that you read, you know, in a lot of these meetings, people are joining late unless you lock it down 10 minutes in and like our current group conscience is not to do that. And so we're not, but one of the things that I did was I put, um, I put a note into the chat when people come into the waiting room that describes what the meeting is. And it just basically says that it's an atheist agnostic friendly. We, we use that in our, um, 
in our name in our area because they won't add a secular listing hmm. locally. So we just, our meeting names have at the end of them, it's many paths, atheist, agnostic friendly. So people know clearly what it is. And then I also wondered if anybody was using overflow meetings or anything like that. If you're hitting that, that hundred, um, you know, level, like if, if there's additional people that have, um, I don't know, just, I just wonder if anybody is dealing with those things and how you're dealing with them. Courtney here, I can answer a few of those. I hope, um, as far as the overflow goes that I'm not really that interested in overflow. Our chair suggested that we go to larger meetings like two or three or four or 500 and it's just untenable. I have enough trouble with 100 trying to moderate it. And I, I believe the tenor of the meeting really relates to how well the meeting is curated, how well it's moderated. And the be, the beginning, like uh, what, what Willow was describing about having this statement at the beginning of the meeting uh, is really key. And then it has to be reinforced for usually a couple of times because of so many people dropping in late. But... Uh, I went to the lockdown of meetings and found that really helped a lot. Uh, so I run up to the hundred bumper, which happens pretty f- fast. And then I just lock the meeting and I don't worry about it again because I'm just one moderator for a hundred people. The she devils have a few, you know, more moderators and can handle it and move into other rooms, but I only have one room. So uh, we have ever since we've done that and, repeatedly mentioned that we are secular in format. We haven't had really any, any trouble since that point. And the Sunday meeting moderated by John from Paris, John makes a statement right at the beginning that it's a secular meeting. He calls it, I believe, an atheist and agnostic meeting too. And they point out what the tenor of the meeting is. And that helps a lot. Uh, you know, it keeps people from guessing and coming up with their own answers about what the meeting should be or shouldn't be. So, and it also allows anybody to, that if they're not comfortable being in a secular format to, to leave without having to, you know, disrupt the meeting. So the last week has been very, very smooth for us. If we do, we are very strict about our security, very strict about what we say in the beginning and, uh, continually monitor the tone of the meeting as it's progressing. You know, if somebody decides to come in and evangelize or proselytize, we cut it off in the bud right there. And we keep the meeting really uh, wide open, secular meeting and encouraging to people. You know, we want to do just the opposite of dogma. We want to encourage them to participate and see who we are. Uh, Beyond Belief Toronto, we've got several groups in the Toronto area using the same platform because we don't need it 724. Each group has its own way of doing things and Beyond Belief meets three times a week and each group, like we've got a secular step meeting, a speaker meeting, a discussion meeting. So one of the big transition things for uh, the members of the group, not only the the difference of zoom compared to you know the face-to-face meeting you know it doesn't feel like they're meeting anymore it doesn't feel like at a time of crisis like this where you just want to be with you know your tribe there is that sort of urge to just sort of go to what's familiar i said like if it if you still feel that way in a week let's start another meeting at another time on an invite only basis and 
and everybody can have everything they need if you just sort of think outside the box and use the uh, resources that are available. Uh, what else is going on in terms of uh, growing pains or adaptation? Well, I can address one thing, uh, Joe, and that is that uh, we have a lot of people who are do attend our meetings or other secular meetings and have wanted to start their own meetings, and they want to list them with us, and we've had to, at, for the moment, reject that idea because we are not curating the meeting and we have no control over what happens in their meetings. Mm -hmm. On the secularaa.org website where it says meetings up there, online meetings, we have other Zoom meetings that we have listed that people want us to advertise. And we make the point that it is not the secular AA moderators, but other people in, in the fellowship that are doing this. The online meeting selection in secularaa.org is for the meetings that are actively have uh, secular AA moderators, like the She Devils, like all these other meetings during the week. Those are populated by people who are... Uh, I, you know, members of Secular AA and belong to the website committee. Every moderator in Secular AA meetings belongs to the website committee. So we have essentially a group conscience running those meetings. Uh, it's the group conscience of, the, of Secular AA's website committee and not just one person trying to moderate or curate the entire thing. So we are constantly refining this. Uh, we have had specialized meetings for the She-Devils for their special occasions, and we have even, uh, Joe and I and others have had meetings as well. So we're listening and learning and trying to implement strategies as we, as we evolve in this process. Yeah, I've done just the opposite. I've put together this uh, Google document and I'll put anybody's meeting on there that wants to be on there and just ones I've been to and find. And, uh, and I'm going to have to figure it out with the whole password thing just to try to relieve some of the pressure from some of these other meetings that are reaching capacity. More and more are coming online. And I think we'll have, as uh, Maria put it, a new normal, even in the pandemic uh, stage of this. But uh, yeah, wait, wait and see. Who's had direct experience with, you know, troublemakers, uh, Zoom bombing or, uh, you know, other pranksters and that sort of thing, other than, you know, people trying to evangelize? Oh, this is Maria. Um, I can talk to that because we've had a shit ton. Ooh, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. Can I say that? Shit ton is uh, absolutely ton. fucking fine here. <laughs> God damn, it's a fucking good thing. We've actually had problems from the get-go, right out of the gate. Um, we had a fellow who exposed himself. We've had different men trying to infiltrate. And I'm not quite sure that I really understand why. But anyway, I guess that's another discussion point. Now, we're having a different kind of of an intruder. I don't know where these guys are coming from. We had a person who um, was dressed in, it looked to me, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what all the, the different uh, headwear is, but it kind of reminded me of like a Saudi look. I, I said, I was being polite and I said, oh, I'm sorry, but um, we're having a private meeting and um, so I need to ask you to leave. 
And he started to say something. And I said, no, you need to leave. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. He said, and boom, I just got rid of him. Then there was another guy that was wearing some kind of a mask. Everything was covered except his eyes. And he had like a Russian flag behind him. And we just, you know, I see them and I get rid of them. The, the, The problem lies in when they have their camera obscured or mm-hmm. when they come in on a phone number and they won't identify themselves. Like a picture of a cat? Of I get rid of them. <laughs> I'm driving now. I'm driving now, so I apologize. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, what's interesting is, you know, everybody's staying at home and ordering everything. And since I work for FedEx, I'm delivering everything to everyone <laughs> who's staying at home. I don't hesitate to remove people. And if people get out of line, I will extend them the courtesy of communicating with them privately via the chat. And if they don't knock it off, I will just remove them because I really don't have much patience for that. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. I I had heard, you know, through the grapevine, some of the challenges that uh, she devils have been having. It breaks my heart that, you know, people behave that way in this day and age. And these Zoom bombers, I, I don't know if it's the modern day version of crank calling or ring and run. Or, you know, you got teenagers in their basement at home doing things or if it's more nefarious than that. Uh, when we start talking about security measures, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little more. On, on the other end, our meetings, we just sort of started out on the accessible as possible sort of thing so that we're a mixed meeting. Anyone's welcome. And uh, I, I would like a newcomer to be able to come as anonymous as they want. Don't show your face. Don't say anything. Just lurk in the meeting three or four times before you feel comfortable sharing with us. I think that'd be great then I suppose you leave yourself open abuses too, right? You know, I think that a decision like that can be worthwhile and is important, but it's also something that A, needs to be group conscience, yeah. and then and then also needs to be communicated to whoever is in the meeting, hey, we're going to be this level of open because we're sharing our faces. There is some personal information. Some people might have their whole names showing. Um, Mm -hmm. Not everybody knows how to hide that. It doesn't always make sense to like try to coach everybody during a meeting. Hey, by the way, I noticed some last names on here. If you want to hide that, here's how. It's really important to upfront and maybe in some of the communication, let people who might not be as security savvy know and understand what level of risk they're taking during that meeting, dependent on what the group conscious is about how open that meeting is. Um, Because I I do think that that's, you know, I worry a lot about either folks that are really struggling and need to get to a meeting that aren't sure, Mm -hmm. you know, how to do this stuff, but want to join in, but aren't really comfortable being online. Actually heard some information from one person. They tried to attend a gender specific meeting that they qualified for, Mm -hmm. but they were using a phone that had a name on it that didn't match that. They got kind of rudely booted. And before they could figure out how to unmute themselves, they were removed from the meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't something where they could be chatted with and, and, and granted, you know, that person needs some needs some help understanding what they can do differently. But it's also, it's really hard to keep that balance of keeping ourselves and everybody else 
safe and secure at the level that we all want to be, but also keeping our virtual rooms open to let folks in. I love the idea of just addressing a problem if it comes up. That's kind of where we are with our meeting right now. Like we have screen sharing enabled because one of our other members is the one who has the books online. I don't. If it, that became a problem, then we'll narrow it down. I think just having, like I said, just having the um, password in place is the best part of that. And with the passwords, um, when you click on a link, the link of a meeting with a password, it automatically puts the password in. Um, once you're in there, if you choose like switch to phone audio, then you'll see all the join information, uh, the phone number, the meeting ID, and the password itself. Uh, once you go and look at the meeting info, so you know you can you can use the passwords anywhere. Having them, I noticed you said something about like having them universal. You know that might be a little bit challenging, but you got to be careful about you know making choices for everybody that's on there. At least make sure that everybody is informed about what they're setting themselves up for. This is Willow F. in Seattle, Washington. You're listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio. Did they add um, passwords to every meeting? So if you've already had a meeting set up without one, does it now have one? I don't think so. I, my understanding of what they did was that they um, made it the default that a meeting has a password. So you have you still have a choice to not have a password. Uh, that is, um, no. Uh, nope. I'm just going to stop you right there just for a second, Willow. That's not true. It's mandatory you have a password for every meeting now. There's On no Zoom? way around. They have re- they've set the, uh, the Zoom admin boxes up so that it's mandatory to have a password. I would love not to have a password, but I have no choice. But that must just be for new meetings because I think our meeting doesn't have a password right now as far as I know. Try to go into it again. I think that my understanding is that, yeah, there will be passwords on all of the meetings. Any meetings that you're trying to get to, I had, I can't tell you how many people this morning that are having outside secular AA meetings were all calling me for their passwords. You know, I can't give them passwords for their meetings. So it went around yeah, the whoever world. Set it up. You have to have a password for everyone. Yeah. And just to answer this bit about the bombing, of it, it's interesting that the FBI uh, took a very rare position and they actually put out a national security alert and this week uh, to encourage companies to take action and to find solutions, software solutions to this bombing situations. And they even pointed out that one of the people affected, one of the groups affected was AA, AA Mm -hmm. meetings. And the FBI pointed that out, that AA meetings were one of the uh, groups that was getting affected, you know, by this, this, so that, you know, that shows that there's a tar- pretty good sized target on us for whatever reason. The one thing you do have an option over is, is the waiting room. You can disable the waiting room from the admin panel. They have set it up default that you have a waiting room, but you can disable the waiting room. And of course the, Maybe uh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. The breakout rooms are also able to, uh, are optional. And, uh, uh, so, so that's good. That that allows us to customize around our particular needs. Us in in the recovery meetings. I look at the rest of the internet; it's a mess. Okay. And I, I think that we're doing really well compared to the rest of the internet. Our people are motivated to come to a meeting and find recovery. Most of them, thank mm-hmm. goodness. Can you imagine a hundred people all there for nefarious reasons? Oh, what a mess! And I'll say one more thing: I have had non-binary people in our meetings regularly for some time before the COVID thing started. And that should never be an issue in a secular AA meeting anyway. 
And uh, so I object strongly to people who are trying to, uh, that story there just absolutely horrifies me that somebody that was uh, identifying in a non-binary way was, had any kind of action taken against them. We, we don't go for that and we, we will have none of that in our meetings. And if I even heard one little lick about that, I would do just like Maria did and remove that person immediately. Uh, their motives are clear. They're not there for recovery. It really comes down to uh, the whole group conscience thing, right? You know, every group's going to act in accordance with its own members' uh, needs and wishes. Well, and also you have to give them the information because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's where I think our group, um, why it's been doing well. Well, partially because we also have a lot of... um, engineer IT type people in our, our group, um, but um, <laughs> picking out the information on, you know, what Zoom was and explaining that, you know, we are a group that has an email list. So doing that wasn't difficult. Um, also, we've been doing it since I think the 17th was our first meeting. Um, and we started Uh, at that time because we were meeting at a Unitarian fellowship and they decided to shut down their facility. So, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they let us put a sign on the door. So there is a a sign for, you know, anybody who might wander in, (laughs) you know, or try to wander in um, looking for a face-to-face meeting that shows how to find us and, um, and become part of the zoom meeting. Um, But really, you know, if they, they have enough information, then, you know, I think at least with our group, they seem to be making good decisions on um, on how we want things. Um, part of it getting started was I just kind of went through and, you know, anything that said allow, allow, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and, you know, and just made executive decisions. And then when people started hearing about the Zoom bombing, I went back and explained to them, you know, what each of these settings were and why they were this way and what our options are if we want to change that or if we do start to get, you know, bothered by trolls, Mm -hmm. you know, additional uh, measures that we can take, like, you know, not using video at all um, for a while, you know, hopefully we won't have to do that because it is something that's important to us to be able to see each other. But, you know, if it comes down to a privacy issue, then that may be something that we have to look at. So I think providing them as much information in a way that they can, that's easily digestible, um, has been one of the things that's really helped with our group. I'm just learning all this, like setting up this meeting, for instance, I put a password on it and it populated a password and I just wanted to see, can you customize it? So I put letters instead of numbers and it worked. Uh, But that'd be a problem for someone phoning in on a landline. They couldn't use a, uh, an alpha password, they could only use a numeric password. Yeah, I'm not sure if it does that translation. Yeah. It, that'd be interesting to find out. Joe had mentioned earlier that there are bots out there that are doing this as opposed to just individuals that are bombing. And there's you can join online right now. You can join several servers that are Zoom Raiders. And you can sign up for their using that server and use their program to bomb into Zoom meetings. So the can of worms is wide open. Well, yeah. at least they're do- they're opening up. So, you know, that that's, you know, generous, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could get into deep technical conversations about it. But I, I would suspect that those Zoom Raiders are 
just going for pass, uh, meetings with no passwords on them. That's one of the first and best lines of defense you've got, because that's what those are. That's the vulnerability that those are exploiting. Well, um, sadly, the sadly the software that for the link, the, the code in the link itself is embedded the password into the link. So if the link is exposed to the internet in any way, shape or form, the link can be copied and the password's been violated right there. Zoom is being investigated by the Department of Justice for these online breaches. And what people are going for is your security credentials on your sign-in, and that allows them to insert a Trojan that allows them to take over your system. This is an insidious, horrible thing that's going on, so uh, we still don't have the definitive answer here, and prudence is, is the best plan here as far as security goes. And I'll call out too, you know, Zoom isn't the only game in town. It's, it's, it's the thing that became easy and everyone's, you know, mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, there's this thing out there, it's pretty easy, oh look, I can put my cat picture behind me or some pretty art or something like that, you know, with the backgrounds or, you know, a lovely waterfall there like Courtney has. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but there's a lot of things that can be exploited on zoom and they, they were not a big fish before this. And so they didn't, you know, they weren't necessarily taking all of these, They, they weren't a big target. You know, some of the other conferencing systems that are out there, you know, because they're used in more businesses, they take a lot more precautions. They have more security measures in place internally, you know, just built into the software itself, but they also cost more money. You know, Zoom is easy. You can do it without having an account. I did go ahead and do an account that I'll probably just do for a couple of months and then drop it. You know, some of the meetings that do online meetings all the time, you know, obviously have accounts and they're ongoing. That's why it became so easily exploitable is because it was not ready. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was designed to be open. There's not a whole lot of built-in securities in it. Well, what are some of the other options in case people listening um, have not set up a Zoom meeting yet, but are trying to find something for their group? Well, one, the problem is most of those other options are targeted towards enterprise level solutions. Um, Not all of them. That means just uh, insert the word money for enterprise. (laughs) And they are better solutions than Zoom, but they cost more. So it depends on the resources of the group. Uh, If you have a sugar daddy in your group, you may want to go for Cisco, WebEx, GoToMeeting, or some of these other resources that have uh, better intrinsic security. The enterprise level of Zoom itself is fairly expensive. It It can get up there in terms of expense. So that's that's really where we're having a problem is is the the uh, price point. Yeah, I, I mean, there's also Google is also Google out there. Google Hangouts. Yeah, Google Hangouts. Uh, Microsoft Teams has a, a pretty low level one, and and I think that they're probably a little bit more secure. Um, uh, it's all of them still have some of these vulnerabilities, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. This you know, morning, you, you I pay got for the safety. Google Hangouts, Hangouts was supposed to get be done. They're going to get rid of that, I thought, eventually. Okay. Yes, they are. That's correct, John. And they just haven't put any resources into securing it. But I like <laughs> Zoom. I think Zoom's pretty. I like Zoom. I, I mean, I know there's some security issues out there, but you know, you just have to take those precautions um, on your own end too. Yeah, the the biggest vulnerability is is non savvy users, and especially people who are administering it that don't understand all the things that are at their disposal to secure it. 
You yeah. describe me to a T. <laughs> well, and also, uh, you know, the moderator, my group is about, well, our, our usual face-to-face is between 25 and 35 people. And our um, online, our Tuesday one is getting, you know, about 28, 30 people um, for the Tuesday and, and less for the the Thursday one. Um, but I usually announce, you know, the different options. If you're calling in from, you know, phone, you press star six to mute and star six to unmute yourself. Um, and if you want to change your name, you know, you this is how you go and do that. And if it's somebody that I already know from the community who and know that they're not very tech savvy, I can go in and change and just put their last initial as well for them until you know they can learn a little bit more about it so we do have some options to help uh, safeguard some of our members who uh, may not be as tech savvy yeah the w- one of the things that helps people is to take away their choices and that sounds horrible but actually when you take away a lot of choices that the meeting becomes more manageable and it, especially if you inform them the reason why you're taking away some of their choices and i mentioned i locked everybody on mute and then make it impossible for them to unmute yourself, uh, you know, so that we could have control of that. And I lock everybody out of screen sharing because they can take over my meeting instantly by screen sharing. And I just let them know that we're doing that. I usually, it's a couple of points during the meeting, I might mention that. And the reason is because we can control them then. And we, I explain locking as well, because when we take away the screen sharing, take away the muting and all of that stuff and call on each one, we lock the meeting. Guess what? We're having almost zero problems, zero. That way we have moderator control. And, and you know, in, in traditional AA meetings, brick and mortar meetings, it's always been my experience that the, the, the chair of the meeting is the one who controls the flavor and tenor of the meeting. And they have the, you know, most group consciousness will support the chair to do that. So if there is like outlandish crosstalk or, or other commotions going on in a regular meeting, the chairperson has, has the ability to control that. And I say that in a loving way. I don't want, you know, not being mm-hmm. Hitler. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But sharing information as to why we're doing this and then getting getting agreement from the group that this is a good idea. So we're all going to do this together. So we make this journey together. I'm Courtney S. We're listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio, and we're coming to you from Secular AA. Who knows about In the Rooms? Was that like a created from scratch platform? I've used it a couple of times, but not, not often. I've used it a couple of times. Yeah, I, I used it before we had anything else. I, I certainly used that, and I, I haven't been back there much. There's always going to be sort of the uh, the leader. Right now, it's Zoom. Uh, one day, our podcast will be totally outdated. <laughs> Nobody need. Nobody's asked me for my ICQ number for a long time. <laughs> my first uh, AA uh, social media experience was with uh, my ICQ number. We had a little AA. Well, those those things used to leak like a sieve, uh, <laughs> all those chat functions. That's why we had difficulty uh, uh, having a chat function on uh, our websites is because, first of all, they were burdensome to the, to the total amount of disk that we were using on our websites. The other thing was they leaked like a sieve. They're just, there's really difficult to control it, the, uh, what, what's going on in those things. You get bombed on those. I'm a Facebook developer and we've been working on messenger trying to shore it up. It, it would used to leak like a sieve as well. So messenger has been getting 
Facebook has been coming up to speed with their developers crew, uh, ensuring the security of Messenger and making it a little tighter and a little nicer. And so a lot of websites now are using Messenger as their chat function. And the reason oh. I wanted to do that was for the 12-step issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. I need help. And, and this is the question that comes, query that comes into the chat box that's on your website used by Messenger. And then if you have a 12-step panel, the panel that, you know, the, the panel will have hours that they cover it, just like Relay and AA. And you will be, you know, the 800 number Relay and people will be able to answer that. That was what we were working on until this crisis hit. Right. And we had to divert our attention elsewhere. I, I've got a great uh, story to tell about our uh, own Toronto intergroup. Uh, they were answering uh, the phones remotely and just a guy I know from the rooms and from service and all that sort of stuff. He, he was doing this long shift because they hadn't quite learned how to transfer it over. So he was working like a six hour shift. He got uh, what we call a a wet one on the line, uh, you know, someone's still drinking. But, I mean, in a time like this, I think a lot of people are going to be confronting their drinking. How do you hide your drinking when you're stuck at home with, uh, you know, your intimate, your family or what, what have you? So anyway, he talked to him. Do you want to go to a meeting? Yeah. How do we do that? And over the phone, he uh, went into a Zoom meeting himself and took uh, the newcomer into a, a Zoom meeting that was happening in Toronto. He checked the participants and found someone he knew and private messaged them. I've got someone new. Can you talk to them after the meeting? And those two talked together. And then once they were connected, he left the meeting and went back to answering the phone. So he took the 12-step call hmm. right from tell me about AA to welcome to your first meeting. Wow, that's great. <laughs> nice. That's really great. Yeah. Do you think this is, has the potential of changing how we do uh, regional conferences or business meetings or other types of AA gatherings? You know, I think a few things with tech, with already tech savvy people will change and, and maybe welcome in some more people. But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are real hard coded in the mm. must be face to face thing. I think will probably be likely is if there are people who are more remote who didn't have who didn't know about or think about or have access to like the regular online meetings that are out there I think that they'll they'll find them that's mm-hmm. that's my thought but I think I think a lot of stuff will go back to normal and quick and so glad we don't have to do that internet stuff anymore with all those bombers <laughs> i do kind of hope that the general service conference will maybe do do more online uh meetings um i know our area assembly and i love them if anybody's listening if anybody from the western area of missouri is listening but their their technical skills are just awful 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 you know so when 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 um i got an email that they all met the officers of the area met on um zoom i guess is what they use and they were they were amazed that they could do that. So I don't know if it's like it's like the first time they ever done that or something. So maybe that maybe there'll be more of that at the area level where maybe um, we can coordinate things online before we actually get to the assembly itself. Um, the general service conference can do that too because I know they've been sending out like reams of paper to their delegates, and maybe they can get rid of all that paper 
And maybe they don't really have to travel to New York, you know, where it's really expensive to do that. Maybe they can learn to to do more stuff electronically. I think I know it's good to be to meet with people face to face, but you can also maybe save some money too by uh, using some of this. And maybe they will. I don't know. We're, wasn't there some talk, Joe, that they were going to do something electronically for this general service conference, or did they just have to scrape scrape it? Well, the first thing they did is they moved to electronic voting. So there weren't people counting hands oh, wow. for, for every that decision that had to be made, which <laughs> um, uh, was a big step in the right direction. Uh, locally, our, uh, I'm on the finance committee for the Toronto Intergroup. We met on Zoom, not a, no hiccup at all. Everybody loved it because uh, our intergroup office isn't ideally located to a single member of the committee. And the executive committee, they met on Zoom. They canceled the first uh, Toronto general intergroup meeting. But they do plan on getting ready next month or the month of April for a a meeting. And on Zoom, you can do voting, right? Right in the participation plane. You can just have people, uh, you know, yes or no. And it'll be interesting to see how it goes and how much is adapted and how much is forgotten about. The millennial generation might have a slightly different attitude than the baby boomer generation. And, but, you know, I, I hope there's a blend of both. Yeah. My thought is there's a, there'll be a blend of both because somebody in our group, you know, has for years, you know, wanted uh, the area to do something online, thought that it was a waste of money, people going to, you know, these different sure. places and hotels and stuff. But on the other hand, um, part of, I think the reason why it was set up so that people could start to learn responsibility, you know, and, and um, have a sense of purpose. They're like representing their groups and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's, uh, that's part of the service structure. So I I think that they'll, you know, probably be taking some of that into consideration at the end of this of, of how much of this can, you know, we do um, from a tech level to save money and how much um, should we still keep, or, you know, try to do a, another hybrid type thing so that people can continue their service growth, I guess, if that's what AA wants to continue to do. I, I would love to see just more options, you know, yeah. in, in the, yeah. in the um, spirit of accessibility. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that can't be of service at that level because they don't have the time or the money or the opportunity, even though your area is supposed to pay or whatever. But the ability to do that travel that it takes to serve at that level, um, there's a lot of people that just can't do it. Um, and yeah. having the option of also participating online, I think, would open it up to a whole lot of people. That, that would be the biggest thing to be able to see is just more options about how we arrive and how we serve. Yeah, in Area 73 in West Virginia, which is the entire state, (laughs) Area 73, we have gone, all the districts have gone to using a a Zoom meeting uh, for their district meeting. And uh, one of the big bones of contention we've had, because some of the travel in West Virginia, not over very modern highways, and is is going to a place called Gassaway, West Virginia, which is in the middle of the state. And it's where we have our agenda meetings for the area. We have to have, by our bylaws for Area 73, two agenda meetings a year to put our motions forward from the districts. And those two agenda meetings, every year when we go to them, you're either 
you're going through places where they practically have to dynamite the snow off the road trying to get to the meeting mm-hmm. down slippery country roads. <laughs> or in the summer, you're, you're avoiding pigs, cows, and sheep and everything else going across the road. And everybody complains about going to that meeting, that agenda meeting, in addition to attending the area meeting. So it's a burden. And then we have to have different districts to have the, uh, the agenda meetings twice a year. So the spring and fall agenda meetings will end up all the way over by Washington, D.C., and then the spring one will be all the way over by Ohio on the river. And people have to travel all the way across the state on these roads and purchase a hotel room and all the other things. So I think we're going to see a, an evolutionary change in which those those considerations now have, you know, something that they can tactilely hold on to, it's a bad word, but to hold on to uh, that they know since they're doing Zoom meetings now, just starting for these district meetings and and this agenda meeting and and then the area meetings. Once we break back to a point where we can attend brick and mortar meetings, I think people are going to be not so happy to go all the way across the damn state to go to an area meeting I think that would be happening in lots of places like Idaho, Montana, and other very wide-spaced areas and rural areas. You know, it's one thing to go to the area meeting in New York City where there's like several areas right in town, you know, but it's a totally different in rural America. You know, one thing I think is going to happen after this pandemic, at least I hope will happen after this pandemic, is during this time, and I think it's going to be another couple of months when we're all hunkered down and and talking online, people are going to be meeting friends. They're going to be making friends that they wouldn't have met otherwise from different areas around the world. And I think that, that, that hopefully that those people will kind of carry on this whole other spectrum of AA. It's going to be like a whole on, online thing. It's like people are going to wake up to say AA is more than just my home group. And uh, so I think that's cool. And also the last time I went to one of the meetings on the secular AA website, it was on a Sunday meeting, I think, and it was right when this thing was all kind of um, building up. And there were a lot of people in that secular meeting who were just traditional AA people. And I was, I, I left that meeting feeling really, really good because everybody got along. It's like, you know, and it's like, maybe we're going to get to know each other a little bit better and, and see that maybe there's more in common than not. So I don't know. I see that could, there could be some positive things hopefully come out of all of this. I hope anyway. I agree. Our our Thursday meeting is um is like uh, half Boise, half Cleveland, because one of our members <laughs> is an actor, and so he spends his, his home base is in Boise, and he works here during the summer, and then he works in Cleveland during the winter months um, for a theater there, and he goes to meetings there, and so he invited them, you know, his home group there that's secular to join our Zoom, and and so it's kind of funny we're like you know creating this this you know friendship with you know Cleveland, and even with just two weeks, we're all excited to visit each other someday when <laughs> when yeah. this is over. That was one of the great things about our that that meeting that we had where 20 people showed up. One of those folks was um, currently living in Montana, but going to be moving to Seattle and was so excited to find our meeting and listed the way that it was and came back again the next week and said, you know, gosh, I I can't wait to see you guys in person. You know, it's going to be a few months, but I can't wait to see you guys in person. Um, So, you know, starting to make those connections. And 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 I also think that. having our meeting out there and everybody looking for online meetings 
and our secular meetings being some of the first to be able to be found was also a huge help in other people finding us because we had quite a few people and, um, you know, and I hear this all the time at our regular meeting. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I found you guys. I had no <laughs> idea that meetings like this existed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we heard it again in those and, and those were from people, you know, right in this area too. So. Who here would attend uh, an all day AA something online or. I would. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I kind of did the first week in isolation <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to be a good moderator for my group. And while yeah. I know how to do it on a different platform, I didn't know how to do it on Zoom. And so yeah. I was checking out all these different meetings, you know, trying to, um, you know, watch and, and participate, you know, but understand, you know, what they were doing, you know, what controls they had and, and how people generally seem to feel about the meeting, you know, did it seem like a, a homey meeting or, you yeah. know, uh, was it, you know, just a venting meeting or, you know, things like that. So I feel yeah. like I, I've done that. But as far as like, you know, a, a conference or something like that, I think that would be interesting because, so many more people could attend um, that, that, you know, again, like we said with, you know, area type stuff and service work, you know, a lot of people can't uh, afford, you know, say for ICSA to fly to Washington, D.C., and they might be able to still participate by having something like this. And you could do a hybrid. Wouldn't that be cool too? Like you could have like a, you could have your conference in Washington, D.C. physically, and then also have a component where people are kind of um, coming in through the internet. I don't know, put them on a big monitor or something. I don't know. <laughs> we just had a huge event here locally canceled because of COVID and mm-hmm. they decided to run it anyway. And it's the Arnold Classic. It's one of the biggest strength events in the world. It's in Columbus. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's thing. It's huge here. It's just gigantic and it means a lot for business. So what they did is they ran it with the competitors and no audience. And the audience came in on Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. So And mm-hmm. so people could watch the, this happening. And they've talked about this for the Olympics as well, running the Olympics with the competitors only. And the audience would participate through, which a lot of people do anyway, through television. They're used to seeing the Olympics far away through television. So that's not that far of a stretch. And I think if we ran an AA meeting, we could, first of all, we can vote with this. That's, we know that mm-hmm. we can vote very, very easily. And uh, the only thing we would have is it's electronic voting. So we would be, we would be running around saying the Russians affected our voting. <laughs> <laughs> we need a re-vote. I don't agree. It's yeah, a different opinion I than mine. For the most part that we have the ability to do that and we have a willing audience and you know our people are so willing to help us get this secular AA thing going we have so many people pulling for us that we have an advantage there I also I also think that I mean I already do just this week I had an all-day meeting from work that was Mm -hmm. all um virtual and it that though is also the one drawback for me, especially during this time where I'm working from home solidly. My whole day is spent, um, and I don't have like regular monitors set up at home. I just have my laptop at home, so my whole day is spent in front of this little thing. And yes, that means that I'm good at it and handling it for an extra hour for a meeting or something like that. Not a big deal, but um, going, you know getting away from the computer and seeing people in person is, you know, my off work time. So 
that's, you know, if we're all back to normal, but then a bunch of um, service related stuff is virtual instead, that can be a little bit of a drawback. But I do love being able to like sit in on somebody else talking in a meeting when I don't have to participate and like cooking my breakfast eggs or something like that. And you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm here in a nice shirt, but I'll tell you, I'm wearing sweats and Crocs. You know? That's the new <laughs> that look. Part, that part I love. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we see a lot of people at the Zoom meeting you know, driving or walking their dog or jogging on their treadmill. And yeah, it's gonna be uh, funny to see what our hair looks like in another month or two. Mine will look, <laughs> 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 look about the same. <laughs> Lisa said that uh, these Zoom meetings feel more like an AA conference than like an AA meeting because, you know, mm. one just ends and other one starts. If you don't like what you're hearing in one, you can just go to the room next door. You know, I always think about the 12th step every time I think about any of these topics. And we had a woman here not too long ago, about a month ago, that was a woman who was a native of Nairobi, Kenya. Mm-hmm. And she was in Nairobi as a businesswoman, and she went on vacation to a little island offshore of Kenya called Amara, or some, I think I got it right. But it's that's a pretty remote site. And she needed an AA meeting, and when she she had an iPhone with her, and she was missing her Nairobi meeting while she was on vacation, and she was sitting in a courtyard of this resort there, and she dialed up on Zoom our Sunday meeting, and came in a Sunday meeting, and she looked like it was any one of us sitting right here on the screen. The fidelity was that good. And she was just matter-of-factly going, oh, I'm so glad I needed a meeting so much today, and blah, blah. And she got into a conversation with everybody there. And so that woman got a meeting in the middle of eastern, far eastern Africa on an island offshore by simply dialing up into us. which That part is amazing. Yeah. Anywhere where there's a, a Wi-Fi thing floating around in the air, you're going you're gonna to be able to connect to us. And that is stupendous. Yeah. Well, it's not like listeners have something else they got to do. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess this is just a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I'd talk to you guys and get all the answers. But you all raised some new great questions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like anything we do, right? We keep learning and it's going to keep changing, <laughs> change the things we can and accept what we can't and learn how to use what's there. <laughs> yeah, and, and some things work better for some meetings than others, you know, with the, the large mm-hmm. meetings that Courtney does, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad that they, you know, mute everybody that comes in and then makes it so that the moderator unmutes them. Um, because uh, there's so many of us that are new to this that they don't know how to do that. Helps keep order. On the other hand, there's a a women's meeting um, on Sunday that's not secular that um, has asked me to help them set up Mm -hmm. a meeting. And, um, and we've only had one thus far and they really wanted, you know, all the mics off all the time because they wanted to hear other people's, you know, audible sounds during the share, you know, like in a real meeting and they wanted to, to do the chanting and stuff. Um, they do the serenity prayer, um, 
which, you know, me hearing that and all of the echoing and stuff, you know, it's taking some patience for me, but that's what they want to do. Um, but yeah. And so for them, that makes sense. Their meeting is quite small and, and, you know, and so they can do that, but for larger meetings, that would make no sense this way, at least for our group, we're not chanting anymore. So I had tried to get my group to stop doing chanting and, and they, they love holding hands and saying, you know, keep oh, yeah. coming back. And, and, uh, and I had tried to, you know, you know, we really don't have to do that anymore. And they're like, no, we want to. And, and now they can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. You wise old owls. Oops, wise owls. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I got dropped at some point and I couldn't get back in. So my apologies for that. Oh, we can hear you. I'm, I, I figured you had to work or something like that. I got dropped, and then I tried to get back in, and I don't know if it was locked or what, but I couldn't get back in. And now I'm done with work, and I'm in my car getting ready to head home, and I thought I'd try again, and boom, I got in. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so hey. But we solved all the world's problems in the meantime. We, we did. Well, yeah. we got it all figured out. We'll fill you in later. Yeah. Fill me in. Fill we me couldn't in have done guess... it without your contributions. Oh, well, good. well, certainly I'm delivering toilet paper to homes all across the land. Yeah. It's important Definitely work. They can't, they can't do it without me. No, Definitely. for sure. Is there a password that's populated automatically? Because I have no idea. I know that I will probably be in Courtney's shoes on Monday. Mm -hmm. And if people can't figure out how to get into the meeting, the ones that have my personal information are going to start uh, reaching out to me. Where I sit right now, I have no idea what the answer is. Well, I for doing this meeting, I started a new meeting and it automatically gave me a populated password and just I I wanted to know so I I changed it actually from a random bunch of numbers to words and and that worked so I think you can customize your passwords and you should be able if you're the if you're the uh the person that set it up you should be able to go in and look at your meeting and see yeah, if I didn't set it up on it no, I did. Courtney yeah. set it up I sent you an email with your passwords and you can, awesome. change, but as Joe said, you can change that by going to the admin panel and customize. Okay. I don't look at my email all the time and stuff, but I will when I get home. So thank you for that. But then the, We don't you know, the want you doing that while you're driving anyway. No, most definitely. <laughs> the, other the other challenge with, with um, that meeting and with all the other meetings, if these passwords are going in place is, um, you know, how for the moderators, how to get it out there to everybody that already had the meeting IDs and they won't get the passwords automatically now because they just have the ID. So our uh, intergroup is uh, publishing information about theirs. Of course, that puts it out on the internet. Um, to us, we're a small enough meeting and it's manageable enough that it's a reasonable risk that we're willing to take. But, you know, um, uh, you got to think about how to get about there. Well, we have put the passwords on the uh, secular AA site, so they're all there except for the She Devils meetings, and the passwords were sent privately to them. But that's just for your meetings, right? That's just for the, the meetings. AA you guys, meeting. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's, Those there's, I mean, almost 
almost everybody's, you know, there's, there's meetings all over the place. That's more what I was talking about. Like the other moderators out there that might not be, um, might not be aware, um, need to figure out how to get the passwords to the people that need them. Yeah, I'm a member of the technology intergroup of AA, and uh, we've been working on this all week long. And if you think that uh, there are so many people out there that are asking a million questions about how to do this. And uh, one of the things that we didn't discuss during this talk we're having today is we didn't discuss about the Zoom online meetings for those meetings that are temporarily closed, brick and mortar meetings that are temporarily closed because of the COVID thing. And what we've, what we've done is we've modified our software in the 12-step meeting list that AA uses, General Service Office AA and Secular AA uses for their meeting list. We have modified that software now to accept Zoom URLs and accept, accept pertinent Zoom information, despite the fact that a Zoom meeting is not GPS located, not a physical presence, yeah. which was contrary to the software previously to this. So we have modified that. And I have asked repeatedly <laughs> on the coffee shop for people to send me their Zoom information to update their brick and mortar meetings that have moved to Zoom. And mm-hmm. I've received a very tepid, if almost not, no response to that. If they use the contact form on secularaa.org, they can send in their Zoom information and we will put it in their brick and mortar meeting. Now, some people have, and we've done that. And the Arizona folks, as usual, Arizona is always on top of everything. They have gone, John Runyon and those guys, they've all gone with that. They are moving their meetings over to Zoom and listing them and so forth. So we're doing it as fast as people give us information. We're doing that. That's a good shout out for group secretaries out there. Get your information to the uh, group list. One, you know, great challenge uh, that I'm even finding is uh, now that meetings aren't geographic, (laughs) their URL is uh, hoarding meetings in everybody's time zone because we've got people coming in. I was trying to post some Australia meetings and they're 15 hours ahead of where I live. That's really confusing. (laughs) I attended one. It was, it was really fun. Nice. There you have it. Listen twice if that sounds nice. There's lots of shared experience there. Visit Rebellion Dogs Radio episode 52 show notes for links to Zoom meetings you can attend or notes on how to start your own. Uh, three weeks ago now, Following my own Beyond Belief Agnostic and Freethinkers Saturday AA meeting, it was the last time we would meet at in our U of T classroom. After that meeting, I went to support some friends playing at a concert at Lee's Palace in Toronto. Friends were playing. Lucy, a treatment counselor who facilitates an aftercare meeting that I volunteer at, she's from a then 90s art rock band Acid Test. One of her bands was opening up. UK Sulphur, Phantom High from Toronto, and A Primitive Evolution. I may have survived and witnessed the last rock and roll show on Earth. This is A Primitive Evolution, better known in Toronto as Ape. We're going out with it. Thanks for being part of Rebellion Dogs Radio. And thanks so much to my guests who are busy, 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 busy uh, for uh, coming together for this. Really appreciate it. But every pandemic needs a little music. I'm Angela B. 
uh, in Boise, Idaho, um, atheist agnostics and all others. And we're listening to Rebellion Dog Radio.
Beautiful. That's that. Visit rebelliondogspublishing.com for community links, blogs, podcasts, and other resources.